0: If you have your Bibles, turn please to Colossians chapter 1 this morning, and I'm going to be wanting you to specifically look at certain words that are in our text this morning. The series that we are in is entitled Wonderful Words. A number of weeks ago, I preached on what grace is, and truly God's riches at Christ's expense that god in all his glory and all his majesty has everything that we need and he's able to minister and meet any need that we have by his grace he's he's not going to run short on what we need last week we looked at as far as the word mediator one timothy chapter 2 that there's one mediator between god and man the man christ jesus that the mediator had to be a representation of man And at the same time of being a representation of God, and we needed one that was the God man, and that is John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was, was God. This morning, the, the Word is reconciliation, and the title of my message is Reconciliation, the Heart of the Gospel. And if you are on our weekly email list, you should have received this outline last night, and I'll continue to do that as we go through this particular series. This word reconciliation is going to be a great word and really helps us as we think about the Lord's table as we will get ready to participate in the Lord's table but as we look at the word reconciliation first of all let's make sure that we understand what the word reconciliation actually means so point number one is what is the definition of reconciliation what does it mean reconciliation involves a change in a relationship between god and man or man and man being reconciled with one another it may be defined as a restoration of fellowship between two estranged parties. That there are two people who are estranged with one another, and restoration or reconciliation is something that will bring them back together. It's, it's a reconciliation, it's a bringing back together. And what is it that has estranged us from God in its sin? And we need to be reconciled with God and do you understand this morning that God is the one who has made reconciliation possible he is the one who's taking the initiative in reconciliation Romans 5 says that while we are yet sinners that Christ died for the ungodly Don't ever, ever wonder if God cares for us because he's the one who's taken the initiative in reconciling God and man together. And it's not only something he desired, it's something that he provided, he provided himself. He made a way that there might be reconciliation between God and man. And if we never had reconciliation between God and man, there could never be true reconciliation with man and man, humans, humans together, if I can say it that way. So we see the definition of reconciliation, restoration of fellowship. We want to ask ourselves this question, how is reconciliation accomplished? Now, I want you to look at your text in Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20 and i'm going to point out verses 19 and 20 how reconciliation is accomplished how is it that that a relationship that's been estranged is going to be accomplished as you look at verses 19 and 20 i'm going to read 2nd corinthians 5 verse 18 it says god reconciled us to himself through christ We find out from Romans chapter 1 that God reconciles us to himself through the death of his son. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Here in Colossians chapter 1 verses 19 and 20. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of his cross and folks what you're going to find out that is 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 taught here in colossians that without the substitutionary atonement of christ dying on the cross and paying for our sins we would not have no chance of being reconciled with god we'd have no chance of having a relationship with god if it wasn't for what he did in paying the price it's by the blood of his cross making atonement for our sins see something had to be done because the bible says that the wages of our sin is death and if we're ever going to have a proper relationship with god something has to be done with our sin can i say it this way something has to be done with our sin your sin god's not going to ignore it he's not just going to sweep it to the side it must be accounted for and god loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that jesus came to this earth as it says in first peter that he bore our sin in his body on the tree the holiness and the justice of god must be satisfied god sent his son jesus that there might be reconciliation between god and man and we need to remember that as we come to the table this morning that god is the one who paid the payment for our sin jesus did not come just simply as a good example jesus paid the debt that we owed and that we could never pay Jesus is the one who bore our sin in his body There are times people say why doesn't God do something about sin? Can I say this? He did something about sin He did something about your sin and he did something about my sin And he is the one who's to be praised and loved and adored because he is the great reconciler He's the one that allows us to have reconciliation with God My second point here is the need for reconciliation. And I want you to look in the text here, because I think think this is coming through the text here. Look in verse 15, and he's speaking of of Christ, that he's the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation. You, You see the word creation there. Verse 16, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things were created through him and for him and he ends this section in verse 23 which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven and 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 to me you, you might think why is he talking about creation so much when he's talking about reconciliation folks if you go back to the very beginning in genesis chapter 1 genesis chapter 2 and genesis chapter 3 that adam and eve as the world was created there 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 was no need for reconciliation at that time because there was there was a relationship and it was not marred by sin and it was when sin came in that reconciliation needed to occur and here jesus by the blood of the cross as the passage says wants to take us all the way back to creation and say listen i want to renew and restore what i had in mind way back then see folks the cross wasn't an afterthought with the lord he knew what was going to happen in genesis but he had a plan and he's going to send his son that might take us back into a relationship with god the father when creation began. We see that in this text. Our relationship with God was broken from the very beginning of creation. We see in verse number 20, 21 our relationship with God was broken when this text was written 2,000 years ago. Verse 21 says, And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. This was written two thousand years ago, the condition, the heart of mankind was this without Christ, we're alienated from God, we're estranged. Without Christ we're hostile to, to God. Without Christ we do evil. We every man does that which he pleases. Every sheep goes his own way, as Isaiah fifty three says but we see here our relationship with God is still broken today, but can be restored through Christ. Look at verse 22. See, it's in Christ that we are reconciled with God. In Christ, verse 22, we are holy, we're consecrated in Christ. In Christ, we are without blemish. And, And we think about how in the world can God see us this way? The text says it's in his sight. It's because of what Christ has done. It's because he's been the mediator, because grace has been given that we can have reconciliation, that God sees us this way. And this verse also says that in Christ we are free from accusation, that we're blameless in his sight. Here on earth, we're sinners but because of the perfect sacrifice because of the redemption because of the payment for sin of what christ has paid for us when we stand before god he's not going to allow sin into heaven but in christ we are received in christ before god as holy without blemish that's the hope of the gospel this morning of what christ has done for us that we are in christ my third point I want to make this morning is the purpose of reconciliation. I already stated that the purpose of reconciliation is really to take us back into relationship when creation started. As Adam and Eve walked with God and had a relationship with God, we see in verses 21 and 22 that the purpose of reconciliation is to restore us into relationship with Him now. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds he has now reconciled in his body of the flesh by his death it's not only going back to the past but it's what he has done now that he wants a relationship with you and if you're here this morning without christ he has paid the debt that you owe and he wants to be reconciled with you and we see in verse 22 it says he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him have you ever done something and someone just looked at you and said perhaps as a parent did you ever look at one of your kids and just said Folks, when we stand before God, we're going to be in Christ. And he's not going to say, we're received because Christ paid the payment and he has allowed us to be reconciled with him. We're going to be received. We're going to be welcomed because we are in Christ. And he's going to present us holy and blameless and above reproach before him i do want to make a note on verse 23 of our text it says if indeed you continue in the faith stable and steadfast not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you have heard you know what's important this morning is that you be faithful to the gospel not faithful to your preferences, not faithful to your convictions, but faithful to the gospel, the relationship that what Christ has done on the cross, that we have a relationship with him. Those truly reconciled must truly persevere. There are times I hear people say, well, I once was a Christian. Well, then you probably were never a Christian those who know christ will persevere by god's grace and then i want to point out point number four with you the ministry of reconciliation if you have your bibles go to second corinthians chapter five it's on your outline but i want to make sure that you see this about we're talking about reconciliation all that god has done that god's taken the initiative he's paid the price he's allowed us to have a relationship with god the father but there's, there's two applications I want to share with you as a, as a church family here. That number one, that we live in a world that needs to be reconciled to God, that they do not know God. They're alienated, they're estranged. They do wicked deeds. I mean, all that that's mentioned in verse 21. And the Bible says that we have a ministry of reconciliation with the world. But also the Bible talks about That even within a church That there can be breaks And there can be sin And that there needs to be reconciliation made Matter of fact in Matthew's gospel The Lord said if you come and you, you're going to offer your gift And you remember that your brother has ought against you He says you leave your gift there and you go and be reconciled and then you come back and you offer your gift that reconciliation on a personal level matters in our worship service today how important it is for moms and dads to make sure that they're reconciled moms and dads and children and teenagers and families that were reconciled So reconciliation here, we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want you to see that the ministry of reconciliation is given to all believers. And really what's interesting is is 2 Corinthians 5 and Colossians 1 almost mirror some of the same truths about reconciliation. He says, all this is from God. That's the preceding verses of what God has done, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation if you are a believer this morning i know that you have one ministry that god has given you and that's the ministry of reconciliation verse 19 that is in christ god was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation Verse 20, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. God is making his appeal through us. He says, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So as we think about the ministry of reconciliation, I want to ask you some questions. Really, in our text here, there's only those who have been reconciled and those who have not been reconciled. The ones who have been reconciled, he says, I have given you the ministry of reconciliation. That those who have been reconciled and understand all that God has done for us, that we ought to be sharing the message of reconciliation, God's message of reconciliation to those who have never been reconciled he's given us the ministry of reconciliation the bible says in verse 20 that we are ambassadors for christ an ambassador is someone who represents like a nation another nation in a foreign territory and folks we are not ambassadors of our own we are ambassadors of the king of kings we represent him and he has a message of good news it's called the gospel the message of reconciliation involves a personal appeal verse 20 again therefore we are ambassadors for christ god making his appeal through us that if you have been reconciled he's giving you the ministry of reconciliation and it's going to be through you it's that the gospel might be um, proclaimed through you and it's in it's it's god's message of reconciliation it's what he has done And the Bible says that the, the message of reconciliation is something that we have been entrusted with. I bought, brought to the pulpit this morning a bucket. Don't worry about the bucket. I thought of this illustration. A number of weeks ago, as a church, we, we put priorities about where we are on um, like fellowship and where we are on evangelism and of being reconcilers. We, we kind of did that survey, if you remember. And all of us as a church that responded to that said that the thing that we lack the most is that we're not good reconcilers. So that's not something I said, that's something that from that poll that Pastor Dan did. And, I, and I, I, I thought about that and I thought of this illustration because the Bible says that he's given us a ministry of reconciliation. And this illustration may be, be corny and you can criticize me for later, okay? So let me just give you an illustration here. So my wife said when I put the bucket over there, she says, "I smells like gas. I'm like, yeah, that's that bucket there. You know, it has stuff in it. But let's say that we're, we're a vessel, right? And we're empty, And we need to be full. We don't want to be full of ourselves. We want to be full of the Lord, right? We're we're to be filled with the Spirit, the Bible says. And so that's us in a bucket. And the bucket has nothing to do with it just because I don't want everything else to get wet, right? And let's say that we have these napkins in this bucket, not, not in the cup, but around the cup. I should have done this ahead of time your sermon will be like 30 seconds longer there there's 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 napkins around the cup and the cup is empty and if we go back to Colossians 1 and we start thinking about in all things that he might be preeminent and all the fullness of God dwells in in Christ and we start understanding that there's so much of God that we don't know we can't comprehend But if we were full of God, we would understand reconciliation more. So here's my illustration. See this pitcher of water? I'm going to pour it in that cup. Okay, I'm going to pour all of this into that cup there. And I want to ask you, even before the illustration, when I pour the water into the cup, is anything around the cup, is it going to get splashed or wet? there's not going to be a problem with other things overflowing when we are full okay it's it's not even fair to even look in there because everything's wet and folks our problem isn't this our problem isn't that that we're all football fans And I'm going to offer a class and I'm going to say, folks, come to this class because I want you to learn how to be the greatest fan in the world. If you are a fan, you're a fanatic. You will go crazy for your team. You're so full of the orange or you're so full of the maroon, not as much maybe today as last night. But anyway, you're so full of whatever that is that you really don't need a class. You're just crazy about your team. And what I think is that we're not doing the ministry of reconciliation because I wonder if we lack being full of the Lord. The Bible says that we're to be full of the Spirit. The people in Acts, as they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they they began to proclaim what God has done for them. And as you leave here today, the Lord has given us the ministry of reconciliation of impacting other people. And if God is filling your life with his word, by his spirit, by his power, there's going to be some overflow that's going to splatter to other people that you're going to talk about what God has done for you. May God help us to understand what it means when we have the ministry of reconciliation. And this last passage, it's, it's kind of extra, but I just kind of wanted to give an illustration. Uh, the, the ministry of reconciliation is exemplified in Jesus. Remember when Peter said all the things that he said, and I'll never deny you, Lord, and then the cross happens, and, and then, then Peter denies him? Remember in Luke chapter 21, when Peter is fishing, he's got others with him. Remember who came to the shore? With Peter that morning Remember what he did And how he treated Peter How he served Peter and the others Jesus didn't confront him Or berate him in the days following the resurrection He didn't see Peter and say Peter there's something we we need to talk about right now Before we eat He served him he provided for him. He waited till the meal was over. You know, even then, Jesus didn't go back and review what Peter had done. Didn't remind him all the ways he failed him. But he asked him some questions. And he said, Peter, I want you to go feed my sheep. I want you to know that I've got a purpose for you what a reconciler what jesus does to reconcile peter and and forgive him and give him purpose and and move him on and folks even in our own life god doesn't cover our sin he doesn't make excuses for our sin he provides for our sin he was very gracious with peter Someone said, reconciliation doesn't deny the past, but it moves forward in the present. And really, folks, when we think about the gospel, when you get up tomorrow morning, you remember this, that you didn't get all that you deserved. And by his grace, you got more than you do deserve. And when you move among other people, it's not for us to have a rock in our pocket to think, okay, who, who, who can I throw this stone at today? You remember Christ. You remember God, that he paid the price that we might be reconciled with him. And if there's any issues between brothers and sisters in Christ, you need to be reconciled. If there's issues between mom and dad, husbands and wives, you need to be reconciled. And we rejoice in God's goodness in this word reconciliation this morning. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. A number of responses, and then I'm gonna have a number of men to come and help us to um, serve the elements this morning. But the proper response this morning to a message like this is number one, you praise God for the plan of redemption and reconciliation praise him. Thank you, Lord. Number two is that we need to repent of our sin. There's not one person here that's worthy. But we're all broken and bruised. We all needed to be rescued. God has been very gracious. And if you're full of yourself and you're full of the world you need to repent of that and say God help me to be full of you and help me to be controlled by your spirit and your power and help that overflow to splatter on other people and give me the ministry of reconciliation and in all of this folks we must look to Christ for help he's our only help he's our only hope As we move into considering the Lord's table, the Bible says in First Corinthians chapter 11, but let a, a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. If you're here this morning, I trust that you know the Lord. I trust that you are walking with Him. I trust that there's, if there's sin in your life, that you'll repent of that sin. You examine your heart You do not have to be a member of Community Baptist Church. This is not Community Baptist Church's table. It's the Lord's table. But if you know the Lord, you're confessing your sin, you're repenting of your sin, then you are welcome here at the Lord's table. And I trust that as we would focus on the elements this morning, that we will rejoice in the gospel That reconciliation, estrangement, alienation is no longer uh, needed. But we can be reconciled with God and we can be in Christ. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Father, thank you for this time and may we rejoice in the gospel. As we think about the price that you paid, as we would think about these elements of your body being bruised and broken and your blood being shed, a reminder that reconciliation is possible and we rejoice in your plan and your love for us. I pray in your name. Amen.